You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter, also the host of On The Fly, the Pelicans' official Twitch show over at Twitch.com slash PelicansNBA. Here with y'all on this Thursday, a very happy day because our civic nightmare, our national nightmare is over. The Pelicans have won a game. They are on a one-game winning streak, not a 14-game losing streak and in fact they passed the torch of longest losing streak in the NBA to the Minnesota Timberwolves the team they beat who are now riding an eight game losing streak it's a good day because you know what tomorrow the Pelicans might be able to make this two in a row if you can believe it yeah that's kind of where things stand clearly on the upswing here you know when you've been down so long it all looks like up so we will recap this game what went well for the pelicans how did they play and then we are going to talk drew holiday trade scenarios i'll throw out the teams that i think could make a deal for him we'll maybe look at one or two of them before moving on to things later down the line so let's dive into it all in today's edition the celebratory edition of locked on pelicans So everyone can breathe a sigh of relief. I don't want to say we should celebrate, though certainly we could. If I actually had the time to edit in some sound effects, some champagne popping would certainly be a good one right about now. I'll let you imagine that noise here. The Pelicans get a 107-99 victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think it's the first time all season long the Pelicans have won a game without scoring over 110. Probably also one of the few times, even in recent years, where they've only allowed an opponent to score 99 points. This is good. It's a mental thing. The optics of it are clearly there. Just getting off of that losing streak is nice, even if it doesn't really impact much in terms of the standings or anything like that. Sometimes you just got to get that hypothetical monkey, the proverbial monkey off of your back, and the Pelicans managed to do it with this. If you saw Alvin Gentry after the game kind of running up to Zion, cheering, acting like they just won a playoff game or a playoff series... This team just lost 13 in a row, and now they finally won one, and they're celebrating like they're in the postseason. That's how much that losing streak was just getting to everybody, and it's nice to see it end. And it did come against a shorthanded Minnesota team. For whatever reason, Robert Covington didn't start for the team. Carl Anthony Towns was out for this game, and New Orleans took advantage. And you know what? You should do that. That's exactly how this is supposed to go. You're supposed to beat this team. So that's partially why maybe we shouldn't celebrate too much, though it's certainly fun to make jokes about. So a 107-99 win for your New Orleans Pelicans by the numbers. Brandon Ingram, excellent, particularly in the first half of this game. Finished with 34 points on the night. He also finished with, where are the numbers here? Six rebounds, five assists, and closed the game out for New Orleans. 
big time. He was the closer. It was great to see. By the way, he had 25 points in the first half for New Orleans, finishing with just nine more as the defense kind of keyed in on him a little bit, and other guys took up some of the slack, though they did go through a rough stretch in the third quarter of really struggling to score, and at times in the fourth quarter too. But when it came down to it, New Orleans was able to close the game out behind Brandon Ingram. They just straight up ran pick and roll after pick and roll after pick and roll at Diang and the rest of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He just closed the game out. It's nice to have a dude who can go out and get you a bucket exactly like that. He was good in this one with the 25 in the first half, really taking over late down the stretch and was awesome for New Orleans. He scored at the rim in a way that it's just tough for other guys to kind of replicate because he's got all sorts of length and he can use his body so well with those long arms and the ball out stretch. You just can't get it away from him. He's become a very effective player a very smart player at times too for New Orleans nice to see from him Kenrich Williams in this one not doing much of anything scoring wise again 0 for 2 from the field zero points on the night three rebounds but you didn't feel as bad about having him out there because you weren't seeing lineups with him and Lonzo Ball which just kill your spacing and that's because JJ Redick was back in the lineup for New Orleans after missing the game the other night Uh, four of ten from the field for JJ Redick two of four from deep Two rebounds, finished with 12 points on the night. He was a plus 16, despite not a big scoring night from him, showing the spacing and how much he just, you know, uh, stretches the court for others and allows them to go to work and do their thing. Drew Holiday in this one, 18 points on the night, three rebounds, three assists. Not a great shooting night from the field overall, five of 20. Three of six from deep, five of seven from the line. Cool note, he is now the Pelicans' all-time leader in three-pointers made, passing Peja Stojakovic. I think he needed two going into this game, hit three. He's got a little bit of wiggle room. Pretty cool whenever you're just a franchise's leader in something because there's only one guy that can kind of be it in that category. A nice little accolade for Drew Holiday in this one. Derek Favors getting a little over 20 minutes of action, 6 points, 11 rebounds, some pretty good rim protection from him at times. He makes an impact out there on the court even if he's not scoring nearly as much as he'd like. Sounds like the minutes restriction is going to be lifted from him in Friday's game, so you'll see him play a little bit more. Spent fewer minutes minutes for Jackson Hayes in this one under 15 three points for him one of two from the field just not a whole lot going on four rebounds a real nice couple of defensive plays though from him plays that early on in the season he wouldn't have made or would have been a foul he is learning and that's just from experience getting out there and becoming you know just learning what to do it's it's nice to see him improving significantly at times in all of that Lonzo Ball off the bench now back uh, there with uh, J.J. Redick starting 4 of 10 from the field, 2 of 7 from deep, 10 points on the night, 6 assists, uh, four, uh, 6 rebounds, 2, 4 turnovers as well. Not the best night from him. I liked what I saw from him in the fast break uh, the other night, less so in this one, but... Yeah, okay, it is what it is, I guess. Josh Hart, good in this one. Three of four from deep, 11 points off the bench, six rebounds for him. Jalil Okafor gave you some quality minutes, six points, six rebounds, some actually good defense at times. That was really cool to see. Each one more getting a couple more minutes in this after being a DMP basically in the game uh, the other night. That's probably because they're trying to win the game. Three is seven from the field, seven points on the night, five rebounds, three is 
assists. Nikhil Alexander-Walker with a couple of minutes, uh, though not really doing much of anything. No Frank Jackson, no Nicolo Melli in this one. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, you had Andrew Wiggins do his damage. He can give a guy like Kenrich Williams a little bit of trouble with his athleticism. 27 points on the night, but they limited basically everyone else. And they, the Wolves didn't have a great shooting night, 34% from the field, but that's also partially because New Orleans was communicating on defense. They were active on defense and playing better than maybe we've seen from them in a while. Also helps when the Timberwolves are a little bit short-handed. Um, turnovers, bit of a problem for New Orleans in this one. 19 compared to just 11 for the Timberwolves. Could have really run away with this one even more so than they did um, had that not really been the case. But you know what? It's a win. A win against a struggling team, yes. But you know what? It counts. Now we'll see if the Pelicans can turn this into a winning streak. So we'll get into the Drew Holiday, hypothetical Drew Holiday, I should say, trade talk here in just a moment. Don't forget, though, I do host On The Fly, the official Pelicans Twitch show. You can check it out on twitch.com slash pelicansnba. Hit that follow button there, too, to, uh, and you'll get a notification when we go live with the next episode, likely coming after the new year. Maybe we'll be a little bit happier now that the Pelicans on a winning streak, too. So again, On The Fly, the first episode is saved on there. We've got Josh Hart on the show if you want to check it out, too. Twitch.com slash pelicans nba so even before we get to the drew holiday stuff i should mention we have an update on zion williamson we saw it from uh david griffin during the broadcast in the game the other night against the nets and there's some video coming out after practice of him shooting a couple three pointers and doing a couple of things that look pretty good I wouldn't say his return is imminent, but we are moving towards it. David Griffin on the broadcast did say that we are outside of that eight-week time frame by a little bit. It's probably going to continue to go on. You know, given that you had this losing streak, yeah, there's no reason to really rush him back if you think it might kind of drag him backwards just a little bit. So I think overall, this is good to see. It's good to see that he was shooting those jumpers, even though he wasn't getting a lot of elevation, still was looking and kind of walking a little bit funny. But one of the big things is he was backpedaling. And I'm not a doctor, but that's kind of an unnatural motion and something that, you know, after surgery can take you a little bit to be able to do. So seeing him do that, I think is a very, very good thing and a very optimistic sign that we could get him back on the court sooner rather than later. David Griffin said he's putting full weight on it so not walking with a brace not walking with crutches or anything like that and said if we were going to have any setbacks it would have been when he puts his full weight on it that hasn't happened yet so it seems like he's going to be good to go and we don't need to worry about this knee thing anymore it's just they got to get him conditioned and being able to play a game in significant minutes it seems like maybe they're trying to work on some of those biomechanical issues walking properly running properly i don't know aligning his body properly something like that and so as he's doing Doing that, I think it'll certainly help him a little bit and he'll get a little bit better. So no big update on him yet other than he's doing things. It doesn't sound like he's full contact in practice. So it's going to be a little bit. They're going to want him to go through some of that first, but it's a nice update to see him doing things. No setbacks whatsoever. Don't worry about that. Uh, and yeah, we just can't wait to see him back on the court. So we will get to the Drew Holiday stuff coming up here in the next segment. But if you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrap to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at Nola Jake on Twitter, and we'll share and retweet. Pretty cool to see who's been listening, and I appreciate everyone tuning in. 
All right, the good stuff. Hypothetical Drew Holiday trade rumors. So we talked about it on the show yesterday that David Griffin isn't looking to trade him, but I think they're picking up the phone if another team calls, which look, they weren't doing before. If you called asking about Drew Holiday, basically it was like, sorry, goodbye. Now they're at least likely listening, and I think that's because Drew is open to be moved. I don't think that was the case before. This is a guy who doesn't go out and party when he's traveling with the team on road trips and kind of just stays to himself in his room. And, you know, kind of does more maybe wholesome activities, I guess. He's a guy who wants some stability for his family after everything they've been through, after his wife, who's also a professional athlete, a World Cup winner, and a goal scorer in the World Cup, hadn't had a time to spend a lot, uh, you know, of, of nights and evenings together because of their schedules and everything, being professional athletes. Now they kind of have some of that time and can really grow and spend time on their family and all of a sudden to get traded really kind of upends all of that. So this is a big thing if he is open to being traded just even in the first place. So a trade, look, makes sense given where this team is. As much as I'd like to keep him probably for forever with how good he's been for New Orleans, you know, it's a younger team. He likely wants to go and win. And if you're building for the future, getting more assets is never a bad thing. You want to have a veteran presence around here, but you can get that with other guys too. And it doesn't have to be Drew Holiday. And maybe you need more of a vocal leader to step up, which maybe can happen if Drew isn't there anymore and you have kind of a leadership void. But Drew's an important guy to this team, obviously, taking guys under his wing, guys like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, guys like Frank Jackson who go and work out with him at his home in California outside of Los Angeles during the offseason. It's an important dude to have, so unless you get a hell of an offer, I don't really think you make a move for him. And so when I see a lot of these trades out there, hypothetical trades, none of these are intriguing to me whatsoever to be honest unless you start to really move things when people are saying the minnesota timberwolves are a trade target and you go maybe you do something like um let me find what the minnesota timberwolves trade was here basically it's one of their guys plus one of their young guys in a first round pick Eh, no i don't really I'm not intrigued by some sort of combination of Jeff Teague's salary filler, Josh Okoge, and maybe Jarrett Culver along with Robert Covington and a future first-round pick. You need to make it much bigger. And so I think that's the type of deal you're looking for because one of these things where it's like Kendrick Nunn and a future first-round pick that's lottery protected from the Miami Heat, yeah, sorry, no, not interested whatsoever in any deal like that. You're going to have to really blow us away, I think, for this to really happen. But there are some teams out there who could maybe do something like that. Obviously, the Miami Heat maybe are the number one team that would make a run at Drew Holiday. And I think there's a lot of things that make sense there, particularly if they add in certain things that they they have. If you build a deal around a guy like Tyler Hero, Justice Winslow, maybe... Um, one or two other guys just for salary cap filler, along with a future first-round pick or two, you can definitely potentially get a deal done then too. Maybe you move someone else too when it comes uh, to the Pelican side of things too because you do need to worry about number of players coming back. So the Miami Heat probably are the number one team that could do this. They want to add a point guard. They have uh, Goran Dragic and his expiring deal, which could make some sense in a deal too. But again, certainly not going to be cheap whatsoever for anything.
If the Miami Heat are number one, then 1A definitely has to be the Denver Nuggets. This is a move that makes so much sense for Denver that they have to be calling. You know, they have a very good team. They're 17 and 8, but they've been a little bit inconsistent at times. And if they can become consistent, they're going to be scary good and potentially kind of vault into that title favorite uh, tier of NBA teams. You can and they're winning with defense right now, too. So Holiday slots into that and will keep them consistent with that when that inevitably regresses just a little bit. They have a ton of young guys that could be intriguing, whether it's Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, something like that. Malik Beasley coming off the bench, Michael Porter Jr. They have their own first-round picks. I think those are all things that make a lot of sense. It makes sense for Denver. New Orleans gets some veteran guys back who are still young that they can evaluate a little bit. Guys that are probably good in the locker room, too, that have won a little bit. I think this is kind of one of those things. Now, I don't know if Denver's actually ballsy enough to kind of go through with this and go all in, but I think it does make a lot of sense. We mentioned the Timberwolves there. An outside team to kind of keep an eye on could be the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know if they necessarily have the assets for that, but oh my God, a core of Giannis, Chris Middleton, uh, and Drew Holiday is absolutely terrifying up there and would instantly make them one of the NBA title contenders this year. Dante DiVincenzo has been playing well. Sterling Brown has been as well. They owe their future first, so I don't know if they could really get a deal done. But maybe they kind of try and get into the running on all of this. Those are just some of the teams that I think could make a run. But here's the thing. It's likely going to be a pretty depressed trade deadline. Most team, every team in the league could use a Drew Holiday. Not every team in the league has assets to do it. I think the Suns are a team that would instantly make a move for Drew Holiday if they could. They Things have been going well for them there with uh, Ricky Rubio. So imagine the upgrade there. I think that helps them at least get into the playoffs and maybe remain in the playoffs if that's the case. So there's a number of ways you could go with this. There's no end of suitors in sight for them. Even the Dallas Mavericks could kind of try and get into that mix a little bit too, which could be interesting. But we'll see where this goes. We can break down these deals a little bit more. But teams to keep an eye on, Miami Heat, Denver Nuggets, for sure, 1A, 1B, however you kind of want to go about it. Um, those are the most intriguing teams that really would like to make a move for a guy like this. Um, and don't also factor out the Toronto Raptors if they could find a way to do it too, though I think they're fine. Orlando has some interesting pieces that I think could really work too um, if you want to maybe bring Markel Fultz in and the, Maver uh, the Magic needs some more consistency on offense, a little bit more three-point shooting. That could make a lot of sense. And if you package J.J. Redick with it too, you might be able to get anything you want from the Orlando Magic in this one. So no shortage of deals that could get done. We'll maybe go into some of this next week since it's a little bit quieter Christmas week where we spend more time breaking down each player that could be coming back uh, in a hypothetical Drew Holiday trade. But nothing on the horizon. But some teams to keep an eye on because there's going to be a lot of smoke around this. And those are the teams that are going to come up in all of these rumors. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Again, Pelicans get a big victory. Zion Williamson may be coming back kind of soon. Pretty cool overall. That's a good Thursday here in New Orleans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'm going to be back with you all tomorrow.